Well, God bless you. It is so good to be here. Wow. The church looks so awesome. You guys have just continued to make it look wonderful. And all these smiling faces. I just wanted to say that um, my church in Durand, Oklahoma, and I say mine because John's the apostle over the church. They had already set him in from the previous pastor, and so that's the way they see him. And so when that church became available, we usually have guys in the wings ready to take, but there was no one. And so my husband turned to me and said, you're it. So, so we've been there four and a half years, and the church is doing great. And every year we have a theme of what our year is going to be about. First of all, I want to say happy anniversary to my husband today. 47, 47, years. 47 years. Amen. Our theme this year is Philippians 4.13. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm encouraging my people to get to know Jesus better than you've ever known him before through this year. Because there's only one you. You know, God has made you unique. There's only one, and that's all there will ever be on this earth, is you. And so you have a calling on your life to do a specific service for God. And he'll show you. He gives you dreams. I know there's a dream in your heart. Maybe you say, well, I don't have a dream, but you do. And when you seek him more, he'll show you what that dream is, and he'll bring it to pass. So I encourage you to do that this year, and thank you so much for having us. God bless you. Thank you, Miss Ann. Okie dokie. I challenge that. I'm going to challenge one, one thing you said there. There's only one. When y'all meet Eric, you'll know she's wrong. She's just like me. He may even know what I'm talking about. You seen him yet? He's a clone. I could have done him without without her, I think. Could have made him without her. Well, good to see all of you. I, I know uh, I, I sound a little bit different to some of you who know who know who knows me here. Okay, I'm going to sound different today than I used to. Sometimes it sounds like I have rocks in my mouth. Sometimes it sounds like I've had too much to drink. I promise you, I do not have rocks in my mouth. So, uh, take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. First Corinthians 10, 6 says, Now these things were our examples. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. Verse 11, the same chapter verse down in verse 11 says, Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. Examples. The Old Testament is examples for us. The Old Testament is not to be lived by on a day-to-day basis. For New Testament believers. Some people don't know this. You gotta get out of the Old Testament in the way of and into the New Testament. You gotta go over there where Paul taught you. Get lost in the letters of Paul. Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. You should have him and the foundation of your, everything you believe should be based in Paul's doctrine. You understand this? Yeah. Who knows this? 
Paul's doctrine is supreme in the Bible for you Gentiles. Not for Jews, not for Jews, not for Jews, but for yous. Okay? I'm going to challenge you today on your thinking. I want, to, I want to try to give you a whole new way of thinking. There's going to be a lot about this that's kind of strong. A lot of, lot of word here today. I'm going to give you lots of word today. What time did I finish? Two o'clock? <laughs> I asked him that earlier. I said, Pastor, what time can I, do I finish? He said, well, Pastor, you can just preach all day. And the people are going to get them to leave about noon, but you can preach all day. <laughs> I don't want to preach to people, though. You'll stay. Let me give you some examples of the, the, that, that the Old Testament was examples for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 through 10. Let's turn there. I look at this. This is just, this is just for introduction's sake. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 7. It says, Who goeth to warfare at any time after his own charges? Who plants a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Who feedeth the flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say are these things that is a man, or saith not the law also? Paul's according to the law. For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox. Where, where, where do the ox come from? How's that applied to men, men of God? He's going to tell you. The ox that treadeth out of the corn. Doth God take care of oxen? Take care for oxen? Or saith he altogether it for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt. Everybody say, no doubt. This is written that he that plows should plow in hope, that he that threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. So he's saying that, that, that God sees oxen in the New Testament as men of God and women of God, those who preach the gospel. You see that? Oxen in the Old Testament mean, mean those who preach the gospel in, in, in the New does not mean that you, you kill an ox, you have to repay an ox, or two oxen, or four oxen, or five oxen. Five oxen is what it says. Let, let me turn you to uh, the first chapter, I mean, the first mention of the word ox in the Bible. It's Exodus 22. Exodus 22, 1. I don't have it in my notes. Can you pull it up? This wasn't in your notes either, Becca, that I sent you. Anyway, if you'd pull that one up. Exodus 22, 1. First mention of it, of oxen in the Bible. Don't you see, see what it says? If a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Five oxen for an ox. Listen to this. Jesus was stolen. He was kidnapped at night. He was sold by Judas. He was killed. How many oxen did, he, did they have to repay when he rose from the, the, the dead? Five. Five. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. All oh, that was worth coming for all by itself, wasn't it? He, he, he gave it back to five. The four sheep is the story of the sheep. We're telling a story about a cross, a, a, a sheep that was slain, a lamb that was slain. Four times it's told in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. Amen. This is our message about Jesus. You see that? Yeah. Somebody say, that was good. Another time here in 1 Corinthians 10, it says, back to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant 
how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. They drank of that rock, that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. That rock was Christ. What are you talking about? That rock was Christ. Rock dis- that rock disappears two times in the, in the book of Numbers next to this with following them around. You know, what's the first thing that happened with the rock? Anybody know? Can anybody tell me? He struck the rock and water and gave forth water, didn't it? What happened the second time? He struck, to the, he struck the rock. He's supposed to speak to it, but he struck it. And missed the promised land because of that. God said, for that reason, I'm not going to send you, let you go into the promised land. He struck the rock. Let me tell you something, son. You get saved, stay saved. I'm going to get saved over and over and over and over and over again. You're striking the rock over and over and over and you're going to miss your inheritance. Now, you, the first time he struck the rock, he killed Jesus. The second time he's supposed to speak to him because he's alive now. He's alive now. He's in heaven hearing your prayers. He's there interceding for you right now. He's your high priest. You can speak to the rock. You don't have to strike the rock to be saved over and over. A Christian doesn't have to be saved over and over. A Christian just has to get right with God. Get right with God through your high priest. You do that through your high priest. Amen. That was good too. I want to talk to you about some more types and shadows of the Old Testament that are going to enlighten you today, I hope. There were three forms of worship in the Old Testament. Three forms of worship in the Old Testament. Anybody know what they were? Tabernacle of Moses. Tabernacle of David, and what? The Temple of Solomon. Tabernacle of, da- of Moses, Tabernacle of David, Temple of Solomon. If you're not used to the Bible, you're going deep today. So may, may, get, may hold on to somebody who's, who's a little bit deeper than you. You're going to go deep today. All three were examples for us. The Old Testament... In the, in, the, in the tabernacle of Moses was a, was a type for us, a shadow for us. The, 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 temple of, the tabernacle of David was a shadow for us. The temple of Solomon is a shadow for us. You hear me? Yeah. To overlay that with the New Testament. Just, just think about overlaying that with the New Testament. I'll show you what, what I'm talking about. The only one of the, the one and only mention of the, the tab, David's tabernacle in the New Testament is in Acts 15. Let's turn there. Acts 15, verse 7. There's only one mention of David's tabernacle in the New Testament. It's right here in Acts 15. David's tabernacle established first. Then we'll talk about the other two. One on either side of it. Acts 15, 7. This is called the first council of the church. Everybody say the first council of the church. First council of the church. And they, meet, and they have a big question to answer. The question is, how is man made righteous, and how does he stay? How does he keep that righteousness? Because the, because the, the Gentiles been getting saved by faith alone, been saved by faith alone. In Antioch, the, the Jews, Pharisaical believers, Pharisees were believers in, in Jerusalem. Some of them, a lot of them, got saved. They're still Pharisees, but they got saved. That's like a, to me, that's like a prostitute. Christian, but uh, it didn't make, make any sense to me. But they were Pharisees, they were, and they were, they were believers in Jesus. They went up to they went up to uh, Antioch, 
and told the, the, the Gentiles, oh, you're going to be circumcised if you're going to stay saved. You know, that was their message. You've got to stay, you got to be circumcised if you're going to keep this righteousness. And Paul blew a, blew a fuse over that. Barnabas too at the time. They, so they went to Jerusalem and had a council over it. They talked it over. Here it is. And when, Peter, when there had been much disputing, much disputing means they were yelling at each other in a, in a room. That's what it means. Jews talking about the Bible, that's, how, that's what it means, yelling. Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that, that, that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Wait a minute. And put no difference between them and us, purifying their hearts by faith. Listen, what is he talking about? Anybody know what he's talking about here? Talking about Acts chapter 10, when he was called to go to Cornelius' house, the first Gentile that got saved. Uncircumcised Gentile. Worst kind of Gentile. Roman. Roman centurion, who is a bane on, on the freedom of Israel. And he was a Roman centurion that, that worshipped God, though. Worshipped the one true God. He's still a Gentile, still uncircumcised. Had bacon in his house, I bet you. <laughs> or catfish. Put no difference between them and us. He said, purifying their hearts by faith. How did he know? How did, how did Peter know their hearts were purified by faith? Here's another verse I didn't give you. I was just going to quote it. But in Acts chapter 10, when he's preaching to, to, to Gentiles, he says this, this, this word in 1043, verse 43 says, And to him give all the prophets witness, that whoever believes on his name shall receive the remission of sins. Everybody who believes on his name is going to receive the remission of sins. It says, while he yet spoke these words, while he yet said those words, the Holy Ghost fell on all, all those who heard the word. So he knew what happened. He knew that God purified their hearts when they heard about faith. Purifying their hearts by faith. Why? That's the first time he said anything about faith and believing. In the whole message, you read it yourself. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. He says, whoever believes on his name shall receive the remission of sins. He said, at that point, see, see you know what your pastor does? That's what I do, what all of us good preachers do. When we say something that really works, we'd write that down. When we say something we have a great success with, you know, write that down. Say, keep that, keep that little note. When Peter said, through faith in Jesus, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to be saved. He saw it happen right before his eyes to Gentiles. You know, he marked that in his mind. He said, I got to remember what I said there. I'm going to say that again later on. That's why I could bring it up right here. He knew exactly, exactly what he was saying in, in the sermon when they, when they received the Holy Ghost. That was proof that they were saved, you understand. Now therefore, they tempt, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples? He's telling them. Back in Jerusalem, chapter 15. Which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. But we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved even as they. And all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. After they had told, held their peace, James answering saith, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how that God at first did visit the Gentiles to take them out of them a name, a people for his name, rather. And to this agree the words of the prophets as, as it is written. And listen to this. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David. That's the only mention in the New Testament of the tabernacle of David. The only mention of it. What is he talking about? He applies it to the Gentiles coming into the church. 
He applies it to you. We're the tabernacle of David, not the Jews. We are. Listen to this. Which has fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. You want to see where that, where that, where that quote comes from? It comes from Amos 9 and 11. Amos 9 and 11. At verse 17. That the residue of men might seek after the Lord, mean, mean all the Gentiles, and, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth these things. We Gentiles are the tabernacle of David. That's what it says. You are the tabernacle of David. You didn't come into Acts chapter 10. You hear me? You came into Acts chapter 10. Not Acts chapter 2. Not Acts chapter 2. You came in in 10. Are you getting this? Where do you end? Tabernacle of David ended. Tabernacle of David ended. They came in some, what came after the tabernacle of David? Temple of Solomon. Temple of Solomon came after David. So there, there's a time in there. We're stuck in between two, two other events. In the New Covenant, this is, all, this is all done for our admonition. Remember, Everything in the Old Testament is a picture of the New. So the David, tabernacle of David didn't start to Acts chapter 10. What was before, before that? Tabernacle of Moses. That's right. See, everything Jesus did was under, under the, the law. Then under the law of Moses, which is the law of God. You, get, you getting this? You see why I needed the board? I can explain it, uh, I think, good enough. I may have some guy stand up here for me a little bit. Uh, let me go ahead and do that. I need, I need a couple of guys to come up here and stand. Come up here. Why don't you stand right here? You're Acts chapter 10. Said, I'm Acts chapter 10. I'm Acts chapter 10. The beginning of Tabernacle of David. Beginning of Tabernacle of David. Go over and stand. No, no, no. You stay right here. Stay right here, 10. <laughs> you go over there and stand a little further over. Okay, that's good. About 2,000 years apart, something like that. You constitute tabernacle, the Temple of Solomon starting. Okay, say that. Temple, Temple of Solomon. Okay, now, can y'all stand up a little while? Just a little bit. We've got three, three forms of worship, Tabernacle of Moses, Tabernacle of David, and the Temple of Solomon. Okay, overlay this with the New Testament. Tabernacle of David, it came to an end. The day of Gentiles is coming to an end also. I strongly believe, believe this. That our day is coming to an end. Here's why. Acts, you, you can be seated. I, I may call you back up here in a few minutes. <laughs> Listen to this. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. I didn't put this in my, in my notes. You got it up there? Somebody read it. Who has a microphone down there can read for me? Yeah, read it. You can read it off the board. Test. There we go. Got it. The former treaty have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Read on. This is Luke talking. Until the day in which he was taken up, 
After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments under the apostles whom he had chosen, in whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days. Forty days. Forty days. You know. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Forty days talking about the kingdom of God. Okay? Forty days. All right. You know. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost Amen. That's not good news. many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Hang on. What has Jesus been teaching them about the kingdom? To, to, to provoke that question. What had he been teaching them? You tell me. Tell me what he's been teaching them that provoked that question. No, that's not what he's been teaching them. He's been teaching them that the kingdom is going to return to Israel. That provoked that question. You hear the question? We at this time restore the kingdom to Israel. They didn't say that you're going to do it. When are you going to do it? That must have been what he was telling them. That 40-day seminar, 40-day seminar after his resurrection, telling them that the kingdom will return to Israel. You hear this? Yeah. Something that makes logical sense. Yeah. Okay, read on. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. So did Jesus say that you asked the wrong question? No, he didn't. He said, This is going to happen, but you don't, you're not supposed to know when. I don't believe Jesus even knows. You know why? Because he hadn't told me yet. <laughs> he tells me everything. Anything I ask him, he tells me. Did he tell you? He, you're, his, you're his lover. You, 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 nobody, he doesn't love anybody more than he loves you. He would tell you if you ask him. I, don't think, he, I think the Father couldn't trust him with that message. <laughs> Let it get out. Let's turn to Romans chapter 11. I'm going to show you something. The kingdom will return to Israel. I want to make this point. The kingdom will return to Israel. The kingdom will return to Israel. Romans 11, I'm going to show you when. Romans 11, 25. It's really through 29. Honey, I, I sent the wrong one to you. I think I sent 25, 26. It's 20, 25 through 29. Romans eleven twenty five says, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, that ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the, del- the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the, the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You see that, that, that famous verse we use all the time, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. It's referring to Israel, not, not you. It's talking about Israel with that. 
wasn't talking about you, you, you and your gifts. He's talking about Israel with that. You understand this? It's clear. Paul will come after them. Paul will come after. He said, he said until, that, that's a time word. Listen to this. Verse 25. Until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. It's a time word. That's an until. Did your mama ever tell you, just wait until your daddy gets home? You can hear the clock ticking. Can you tick, 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 tick in your head? It's a time word. To the fullness of the Gentiles. When are we going to know the fullness of the Gentiles will come in? You, you can't know that. Only God can know that. He can only know when, when he's had a full, he's got a heart full enough. I believe I'm going to get to lead the last person to Jesus, though. I want to lead the last, I want to give God that last soul, don't you? I want to be so busy leading them to Jesus who have to go Pete first. Amen. Amen. What will come after? What comes after? The, what comes after the tabernacle of David? Come back up here. Come back up here, guys. Come back up here. Tabernacle of David is right here between these guys. What comes after? Temple of Solomon. How's God going to do that? How is the kingdom going to return to Israel and the Temple of Solomon be in God's plan with us catfish eaters on the planet? In, in his family. We're in his family. How's it going to happen? It means he must consummate his deal with us, take us to glory. Have to take us to glory. He cannot put us under the, under the law. He will never put you under the law. The law is not for you, never was, never, never has been, never will be. You are saved by grace through faith. Amen. Grace alone. Amen. It tells you something interesting. Why was Paul raised up? Why was Paul raised up? You know why Paul was raised? It didn't, wasn't, wasn't, Peter, wasn't Peter prepared? John, James, weren't they prepared to preach? All the twelve, weren't they, weren't they prepared to preach? Why did I raise up Paul? Hey, you guys, go sit down. I'll call you back up in a minute. <laughs> why, why mess with Paul, Jesus? Why not just send Peter out there to the Gentiles? Send him once. Had to get, had to get the door open. Why, why couldn't James or John go out to the Gentiles? Tell me why. Anybody know why? They were not trained to teach Gentiles. They didn't know the message for the Gentiles. It was different from the message Jesus preached to the Jews. It was different. I can tell you it's different. I can show you 40 different things that Jesus said that does not apply to you. Yeah. They don't apply to you. How to cut off your hand, cut off your, pluck out your eye. I tell Gentiles all the time, you don't follow Jesus. You still got your right hand. I know even when you're a teenager, that thing. You still got your right eye. You don't follow Jesus. Thank God. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said it over and over. He said it four or five different times in the New Covenant. We're supposed to be following Paul because it's, a, it's the message Jesus taught him to tell us. You understand this? He taught, the, he taught his 12 to the Jews. Even the end of time, he said, you're going to sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. What's your life about the Israel? The, the, the first 12, their lives are all about the, the Jews. Not about you. Paul was all about you. Amen. This is good news. You've got to hear me. you got to hear me. I prove it to you right now. Galatians chapter 2. 
verse 2. Read 2 through 9, would you, Bert? Galatians chapter 2, 2 through 9. And I went up by revelation. Through his eye, his eye is Paul. Yeah. And communicated unto them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to them which are of reputation. That'd be all Peter and John and all those. Yeah, all the, all the right. big dogs. Right. right. Lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unaware. Pharisees who were believers. Paul called them false brethren. Yeah. Uh, false brethren unawares brought in who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. You know what that means? They were watching them go to the bathroom, see if they were circumcised. How creepy is that? <laughs> Pretty creepy. Yuck. You, 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 you going to join our church? <laughs> you going to join our church? We've got something for you. Got a little, 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 little job you got to do on you. Snip, snip. Creepy. That's Jews. That's just how Jews think. Read on. <laughs> All the guys crossed the legs, didn't they? To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. I don't think I read that right. To whom we gave place by subjection, subjection, no, not for an hour, not even an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Hmm. But of these who seem to be somewhat whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me, God accepteth no man's person. So he's talking about Peter, James, and John. Yeah. They seem to be somebody special. I don't know who they were. These guys were reverent to us because hmm. we read the Gospels. Paul had never read the Gospels. Neither had the first century church ever read any of the Gospels. Come on. All they had was Paul's letters. All the first century church had was the Paul's letters. Yeah. You understand me? Amen. They changed the world. They changed the whole world just by listening to Paul's letters. We don't. For they who seem to be somewhat in uh, conference add, added nothing to me. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. Hang on. Wow. Does that sound like it's two different gospels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it? There it is. It seems like it's two different gospels. Good. The gospel of the kingdom was preached to the Jews. Gospel of salvation, which Paul said is a, is a truth, is preached to you. Come on. Come on. Okay, read on. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. See? This is why Peter, Peter couldn't go to the Gentiles, because he was not trained to go to the Gentiles. Yeah. Paul stayed three years in the Arabian desert and, and, and near Damascus, receiving this download. How long did it say? How long were Peter, James, and John with Jesus? Three years. See this? It takes three years to make a disciple. Come on. Who can preach. That's why I see if and I, my school, my school up there is three years. So if you come, stay all three years. Come on. Get fully trained. Hmm. Read on. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed that to Cephas be... Cephas there is Peter, of course. Right. Seemed to be pillars. Seemed to be pillars. Where you been, Paul, under a rock? <laughs> Seem to be pillars. 
Are you kidding? Peter dropped dead people in the, in the tracks. His, his shadow healed them. You know, they seemed to be pillars. See, see how distant Paul was from Jerusalem? He wasn't, even, he, wasn't, he wasn't even born there. He was born in Turkey. You know it as Turkey. It was Cilicia. It was a little province out in Asia Minor where Tarsus was. Out, of, out over the Mediterranean. You know. Uh, and when James, Cephas, and John, who were, seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. That we should go into the heathen. That we should go into the heathen. Not them. Hmm. Why would we think that their letters are written to us then? I'm going to challenge you a little bit today. Don't throw anything. Please, don't throw anything. <laughs> I say James was not written to you. Peter was not written to you. John was not written to you. I said this point of fact. Written for you, but not to you. I'll show you what I mean in just a minute. Because their, their ministry was to the Jews. The primary audience was the Jews. Why would their writings be to you? You hear me? I believe the whole Bible is true. I believe the whole Bible is the truth. I don't believe the whole Bible is for me. You don't either. You don't either. Hold up your right hand. Oh, you still have it, I see. <laughs> you don't follow Jesus, see. You follow Paul. I follow Christ as I follow Paul, the way he taught me to follow Jesus. Not directly, not directly from Jesus. I, I, I got several problems. Let me, let me give you another idea. What would you think about a man that's going to marry 10 girls at one time? What would you think about that guy? Not good? He was a hero of one of Jesus' stories. Matthew 25. This guy comes in and says, You've got 10 virgins. You're going to marry them all at one time. This guy's a hero. My Gentile mind doesn't think like that. I don't, I don't understand anything about that. But Jesus, this guy's a hero. Can you explain that to me? You can't, can you? Because you're all a bunch of Gentiles. That's something the Jews knew and understood as heroic, but not to me. He's a bastard to me. I mean, did I say bastard? Sorry, it just came out. <laughs> I'm from the sticks in Oklahoma. He is. He's a sorry, no good, bad guy. He is. But Jesus made him the hero of his story. Why? We can't understand that. I can't take the text and preach on that. I, I, can't, I can't find one thing about it. How many virgins were there? How many virgins were there? I need you to act like I'm talking to you. How many virgins were there? Ten. How many commandments are there? Ten. The law. Only five had enough oil to get in, didn't they? What's the number for, five, for grace? Five. You're not going to get in by the law. You're going to get in by grace. Amen. That's all I can make of that story. I can't understand how a guy who marries 10 girls at once is a hero. We put those guys in jail. But it's a Jewish thing. And Jews understood that. Jews have always been polygamists. You know this. Jesus does not come from David's first wife. He's called Jesus son of David over and over and over. He comes from his seventh wife. The one he, the one he took in adultery. Bathsheba. Jesus comes from Bathsheba on both sides of his family. 
Solomon was, uh, was Bathsheba's son. Nathan was Bathsheba's son. Jesus come from that. The Jews have always been polygamous. They don't, they don't even make anything about it. I do. I think it's sin. I call it sinful. But you know the guy that wrote Thou shalt not commit adultery, seventh commandment, had two wives. You want to keep the law of God? You want to keep that law? You're going to live low, buddy. You're going to live real low. You're going to live real low keeping the law of God. I walk in the Spirit. I live above the law. Not below the law. I'm above the law. I walk in the spirit of grace. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. You understand this teaching? Yeah. Let's go to James 1. Let's look at James. Let's give James a fair shake here. James 1, 1 says, read it, read it, Pastor. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Wait a minute. Twelve tribes? Is that you? It's not even me, and I'm a Cherokee Indian. I'm a tribe. <laughs> it's not, to, not to those tribes. It's to the twelve tribes. <laughs> we had a letter that was sent into this room. said, only the blue-eyed people, this, this, to, this letter to the blue-eyed people of, of Kerrville. How many of you would say that letter's to me? I would say that letter's to me. How many blue-eyed people in the building? Very few. Few of us. Would you brown-eyed people think that letter was to you? No, you'd think it was to the blue-eyed people, wouldn't you? You you can never be be blue-eyed. That's too specific for us. See, I I can move to Galatia tomorrow, and that letter is to me. I can move to Corinth tomorrow, and that letter is to me. When you name locations, that's one thing, but to name the tribes... That letter is very specifically to Israel. James is written to Israel, not to Jews. Not to, not to you, it's written to the Jews. You get this? Yeah. Okay. And it says, scattered. That's another proof that it's, that it's to the Jews. Gentiles are never considered to be scattered. The Jews are considered to be scattered. The, the, the Greek word is diaspora. Diaspora means scattered ones. Always in, in reference to the Jewish people when they were scattered from their homeland. Read 1 Peter 1 1. 1 Peter 1 1. Read that, Pastor Burke. Oh, sorry. I'm waiting for you. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers. Scattered. Scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia. Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Okay. Who's he talking to? Who's this written to? Scattered ones. Diaspora. The Jews. Again, these letters are written to the Jews. All provinces of Asia, minor Tur- Asia Minor, present-day Turkey. All those things he's talking about right there, those places, those provinces he mentioned, he wrote that letter to the Jews that were out there. So... You see, be careful when you apply certain things. Even in the New Testament, do you find in the New Testament, the books in the New Testament, be careful what you apply to yourself. If it contradicts Paul, and some things do, I'll show you a couple of things that contradict what Paul said. It must be, it's not for you, it must be for the Jew. You understand? Because you can't possibly say everything in the New Testament is for you 
if, and it all be from all parts, like that ten virgin thing. That's not for us. Pastor Bird, have you ever done a polygamous wedding? No. Would you? No. Why? Because it's not right. Because what Paul taught you, not because what Jesus taught you. Yeah, because that's what true. Paul taught you. Okay, you got that? You better understand this? Yeah. You know, when God wrote, Thou shalt not kill it, he didn't mean that. He did not mean that. He did not mean that at all, like you think he did. He did not mean thou shalt not kill anybody. He meant thou shalt not kill other Israelites. Because he told them to go up in the Canaan land and kill everybody there, even the women and the children. And no, and no, nobody's, act, nobody's book of war, nobody's book of, of, of uh, war is killing women and children allowed. God told him to kill the women and the children and everybody, kill the animals. What, what do they call that? We call that genocide. They were allowed to kill like that indiscriminately. And with a, with a commandment that said, Thou shalt not kill. Explain that to me. You who love the law, the, 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 the law, pardon me. You who love the law, the law tell me about that, what that means. This is only the Jews' law, not your law. It's never meant for all mankind. It's only meant for the Jews. You understand this? You were meant to go to hell. You were meant to go to hell with that law. That law was set against you. That's why Jesus came and fulfilled it and nailed it to that tree because it was against us. Read, read Galatians chapter 1, Pastor Burke. If I don't finish this today, I'm finished it tonight, okay? There's a real punchline to it. Galatians 1, verses 6 through 9. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. See, there's another gospel again. Paul talking, talking somebody had come out there to, to Galatia and preached something that, that they heard from James, apparently. Preaching to the Jews. They could not get the separation that down. They could not get the separation down that there was difference in Jews and Gentiles. It's always been like that. Paul said, it's an ignorance that's in the church. In Romans, we read it in Romans 11. He said, I want you to, don't want you to be ignorant of this. Most of the church is ignorant of this. Completely ignorant of this. Paul's our guy. Everybody say, Paul's my guy. Paul's my guy. Paul's your guy. Okay, hear him first. Or hear what he says to you if you don't. If you don't. Verse 7. Which is not another... But there be some that trouble you and would per pervert the gospel of Christ. Which he said was the gospel of grace. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Wow, wow, that's pretty strong. So he says next. And as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received... Let him be accursed. He said exactly the same thing over again. He said it twice. He never does this any place in his whole writings, but he said it right there. Back-to-back -back things. I'm telling you, I told you once, but I'm going to say it again. Don't let anybody pervert you from the gospel of the grace of God. What would do that? Well, you understand Jesus never preached the gospel that, that Paul preached when he was on earth. You know, you know this? What Paul said was the gospel. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. 3 and 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. It's not in my notes, but I'm going to give it to you now. 
Paul said what the gospel was was 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, and it says, You got it there? Not yet. It's coming. It's coming. Miss Ann, bring me some water. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are no, you not first, carnal? First Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Oh, first Corinthians 15. Okay. There we go. There we go. For I delivered unto you first of all that, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. There we go. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Three-point message. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again according to the scriptures the third day. Paul said this is the essence of the gospel. This is the gospel. Jesus never preached that gospel. Not one time did he ever say that. You hear me? He never said that ever one time. He said it to Paul, though. Taught Paul to teach us this was the real gospel. Believing on Jesus with death, burial, and resurrection. Glory to God. That's the gospel. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Read from verse 11. Back in... Uh, Galatians 1 verse 11 Galatians 1 11 but I certify you brethren that the gospel which was preached for me preached of me is not after man for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but, but by revelation. revelation of Jesus. Jesus gave it to Paul in that three-year download. Three-year download he, he spent in Damascus. He even got this gospel in the Gentile world. He received it from Jesus amongst the Gentiles, not in, not in Israel, because it wasn't for Israel. Now, mind you, Jews get saved just like we do, but by, by faith in Jesus. Not, not a different gospel is how you get saved. But a, they have to believe it. Their faith has to be in a little bit different way. They have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he, he is the Messiah. You have to believe that he died for your sins. It's all about Jesus, but two different things, you see. Now let's read Romans 4. Romans 4, 1 through 8. Word first today. We're putting the word first. Yes. Got a lot of word in here, okay? Amen. Romans 4, verse 1 through 8. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath wherefore to glory, but not before God. For what, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Mm. 
Not to him that worketh is the reward. Now, now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So he can't work for it and say, I got it by grace. Mm-hmm. You say, I, I was owed it. It came as a debt I, that God owed me. Okay? He worked for it. He don't. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Wow, that's good. He don't. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Without works. All right, let me, let me put this to you. Faith without works is <clears throat> dead. Is that what that said? That said faith without works is righteousness. Yeah. We've all been brainwashed. Yeah. Your verse came out of James. Yeah. I came out of Romans. Wow, that's good. That's really good, isn't it? That's good. I'm smart. I'm smart. <laughs> you know. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed yeah. is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Did not say that blessed is the man who doesn't commit sin. It said blessed is the man who does not impute sin. Yeah. God got over his anger at you when Jesus died on the cross. Wow. Awesome. He got over his anger. That's why you see Jesus at his own right hand right now. So when you sin, he looks at Jesus. He didn't look at you. He looks at Jesus. Come on. Amen. That's good news. That's good news. Let's give James a fair shake. Let's turn to James chapter 2, verse, verse 9. James is the word of God. I'm telling you, it's the word of God all out. That's not all written to you. Some of it's written to the Jews only. I'll show you a few pieces that are written to the Jews only. James 2, verse 9. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. See, he's talking about the law here. We don't. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Uh, who's he talking to? Jews. Jews. Not talking to you. Yeah. It cannot be to you. It has no, no, no relevance to you at all. It's all about the Jews. Read on. For he that, for he that saith, said, do not commit adultery, said also do not kill. Uh, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, so, so speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Speak down to, skip down to verse 14. What doth, it, what doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Yeah, it can. But it can't save a Jew without works. Read on. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needed to the body, what does it profit? Read verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being Being alone. alone. Verse 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you the, my faith by my works. Verse 19, 20. Thou believest that thou, there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Listen to this. It did not say you believe in Jesus. Why, do, why would he say thou believest in one God, thou doest well? Because this is the mantra of the Jews 
Deuteronomy chapter four, chapter six, verse four says, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord, the Lord our God is one Lord." Hmm. And they made that declaration every time they went to synagogue. And the, the, yesterday, Saturday, was the Sabbath day. Yesterday, all over, all over the world, Jews said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's what he's talking about right there. Talking about something, something out, of, out of the law, law. Something directed to the Jews only. But wilt thou know, O man, that faith works without works is dead? It is about, apparently for the Jew. Not for you. It can't be for you. Here, let me show you something interesting in the Bible. First time we see Abraham, and Abraham is the centerpiece of Paul's doctrine. How Abraham was made righteous. He, he keeps coming back to Abraham over and over and over, all through his doctrine. Abraham is first mentioned in chapter 12 of Genesis, right? Chapter 12. He was obedient in chapter 12. He got up and got out. Hallowed God's voice. He's obedient, but he's not righteous. Chapter 13, he went down into, he went down into a, Egypt, it says, and he was made rich there. Got wealthy there, pastor. Got rich like, like some of your people are getting rich. Yeah. Amen. Getting wealthy in Egypt. You can get wealthy in Egypt, you can get wealthy in Kerrville. Amen. Abraham got wealthy in Egypt, and God, and he said, he was blessed, 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 blessed. But he was not righteous. Chapter 14, he comes out and he's victorious in a battle. He t- takes on a battle because a king went and robbed Sodom and Gomorrah and took Lot. Took his cousin Lot, his nephew Lot. And made Abraham mad. He went after him. He went after him big time. He got him back and beat these kings up. Killed them all. Came back with a tithe. Came back with a tithe. And gave it to Melchizedek, chapter 14 of Genesis. But he was not righteous. He was tithing and he wasn't righteous. Man, all the righteous people would get to tithing. What, what, what would happen, I wonder? He was tithing, victorious in battle, but he's not righteous. Chapter 15, it comes, says God appeared to him in a vision. Word of God appeared to him in a vision. He believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. He believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness. He was obedient, not righteous. Blessed, not righteous. Victorious, not righteous. Tithing, not righteous. Faith made him righteous. Hear me? Jesus said, if you will not forgive you, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. He told Paul to tell us, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. In the New Testament of Paul and you and me, he does not say forgive to be forgiven. He says forgive because you are forgiven. Amen. That's better. That's bigger, isn't it? Isn't that better? Okay. What time is it? It's afternoon? Wow. Let's pray. I'll pick up there tonight. Is that okay? Yes. Did you get anything out of this today? Thank you, Father, for this time around the Word of God. I believe it's going to help your people to grow in faith, grow in the Word, and be strong, 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 strong like two acres of garlic, in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all.